0: What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Fandom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Anthony and Lori, and we are going to talk about Dragon Con. Yay! Yay! So, as most people know, if you follow Dragon Con and just fan conventions in general, 2020 was a crap year for us because of COVID. So, we had no conventions, no get togethers, no gatherings. So, this year, we did have a physical dragon con. It was a little bit different, you know, with a capped attendance so that we only had about half the people show up. Um, there was a lot of social distancing in place, lots of masks, but otherwise I felt like it was a really good con and my body is telling me that this con was no different from any other con because I'm still recovering. What about you, Anthony?
1: Um, I was just happy to be back among my people. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I feel like I haven't seen or 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 felt or had that experience in such a long time. And I know it's been like two years.
0: Yeah. I guess. Yep. Yeah.
1: So um about about half the people being there to just see the, the guy walking around with the sign that said Thanos was right.
0: I did, and I I thought that the sign was very funny. Um, one of my friends in my comments did not think so. You know, she said that uh, I think the comment was, I doubt that the people who had family members pass away from COVID this year feel the same. And I I I understand her point. But I don't think that was the intent of the cosplayer. I think it was basically it was about the fact that we only had half of the people there for Dragon Con, and it was it was meant as a joke. But um, yeah, and, yeah, and
1: and I saw similar posts on on things like people wanting to be there but they're immunocompromised, and I guess they felt some type of way about people posting about how you know it should be captivating and how great it is. It, it's not so many people. That was not people's intent. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. And I think think some people tend to be a little bit, I I don't like using the word sensitive because it has a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes you kind of have to sit back and and think of what the person's intent was. Right. Because none of it was malicious. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, that, that sign was just having a little bit of fun. You know, you wouldn't think the what if episode was being malicious because they they called him out on it. It's genocide. It's, it's wrong. genocide. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, you know, it, I mean, Thanos is not real. So having a son that says Thanos is right kind of begs the question about it being a serious thing. Yeah. You know what I mean, so yeah. I, I I understand their I understand their sentiment all the comments I saw about the people wishing it would be there. I understand their sentiment but at the end of the day it's still just a fantasy convention that we're all there just to escape and be amongst people that feel the same way we do.
0: Yeah so I was one of the people who kind of sort of agreed like I could do a dragon con like this every year and it has nothing to do with the numbers for me. Because, yes, there were a lot of my friends who didn't come to Dragon Con this year, and I missed seeing them. Although even the friends that did come to Dragon Con, for the most part, I didn't see anybody. You know, I I spent a lot of time in panels. And um, aside from you and the person who you live with that is related to you by marriage, marriage. we saw her, um, you know, a couple of other people. But the upside for having less people at the convention is, you know, um, I got to actually sit down in the food court and eat for a change. You know, I didn't have to spend 25 minutes or 45 minutes in a line trying to get food or even trying to get into a panel. Like the panel lines were fairly good. Um,
1: I got to, I got to go to the vendors, which for the first time in years, Right, but actually went over there and didn't feel like I had to spend most of my day waiting to get in. Yes, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah, and and that that was big because you know I ended up spending money that i never <laughs> spent before. Oh, dude, <laughs> but, oh my god, yes, yes. <laughs> so and I, I that's sort of like the downside. Like it was easier to navigate and spend time at each little booth and go to each floor twice and find things oh my god I didn't see this the first time the second floor got me the second floor was amazing I didn't
0: even have to really go to the third floor I did go to the third floor and I saw a couple of things but no the second floor got me I think I came back with like four five t-shirts I bought some Funko Pops um I think those were the two main things I spent money on. I did buy a fan because, you know, a handheld fan because it was hot. But yeah, I I had a little bit more um, financial leeway this year than I usually do in other years. So, I bought t-shirts, I bought Funko Pops, I got autographs, I got photo ops. I had an amazing time. It was so yeah. great. But Absolutely. I I had to kind of put the I had to kind of grab myself and say, "Hanako,
2: we're not
0: spending." xyz amount of money yeah at dragon con because you still have to go home and do some other stuff <laughs> so,
2: well you know usually when when i go to uh, one of these conventions namely a star trek convention uh i spent as you know several months buying in advance the photo ops and the autographs mm-hmm. so when i get there i'm not tempted to buy anything new right and usually those slots are sold out like the last star trek con we went to i spent nearly a year purchasing this purchasing that same thing with heroes and villains because they had a lot of people from uh the agents of shield and other people mm-hmm. but for for the most part i spend most of my money these days on uh one or two funko pops uh maybe one or two she shirts but everything else is all auto all photo because yeah. like my husband said he goes what's gonna last longer a picture with you and me sitting, standing next to Michael Dorn or that uh, Suicide Squad t-shirt. And I'm like, well, the photo, you know? Cause yeah. we've got we've got these posters, um, poster size frames that we bought. We've got like five of them and we have enough for three. What we're gonna do is when we get our house in Arizona, when we retire, we're gonna get them matted and framed. and We're gonna have them on our hallway. So we're gonna have these huge poster frames of all of our autographed photos and photos that we got throughout the years at our cons.
0: I was planning on doing that as well. I just have to figure out where I'm going to put them because if I have them up, I do want people to be able to see them when they come to Mm -hmm. my house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to figure that out too. But yeah, I spent- a lot of money, but yeah,
1: I I might need, I might need for people to come back. (laughs) So I don't spend, so I don't spend so much money.
0: Right. Well, see, that's the thing too. I had to really limit what I wanted to do because (laughs) there were so many people like, so when they start announcing the guest list, I start keeping a, like a running tab in my notebook, Mm -hmm. like, okay, who's coming from what fandom. And then at that point, I have to kind of prioritize because photo ops and autographs can get expensive, Oh yeah, especially the more that you get. So like they had some supernatural people here this year. I didn't get to see any of them. I didn't even get to go to any of the panels because a lot of the panels were at times that I was on my own panels. So I was like, okay, you know what? Supernatural in the last few years, they have um, had some people come to the conventions, maybe not every year, but at least every other year, maybe every two or three years. So I know that they'll most likely be back. So I was like, okay, I'll just wait. I mean, I've been a fan of Supernatural almost since the beginning. So I know there's going to be more opportunities for me to see them. So this year I focused on The Walking Dead because Mm -hmm. we haven't had The Walking Dead there since I think maybe 2000. 12. We haven't had anybody there. And then the boys were there. And, you know, that's special for me because when we launched this podcast almost a year ago, the boys was the very first episode that we did. We covered the first episode of season two. So I was like, okay, I got to go meet the boys. And so I got to meet Frenchie first which was amazing. And, you know, got to talk to him and I told him, I said, I have a podcast. And the very first episode we did was the boys. He was like, really? That's so cool. He said, I'm happy to hear that people are, are enjoying. It. I was like, yeah, like we love the show. Got to meet Laz Alonzo, talked to him, got to meet Karen Fukuhara, talked to her. All so incredibly nice. And they are, um, they're so much fun. But yeah, the experiences walking through the Walk of Fame and actually seeing people like, oh my God, this person's here. This person's here. And usually when we have the larger cons, the Walk of Fame can get a bit cumbersome to try to maneuver through.
1: And and I was going to say that that was like the biggest difference. Like the last few times I've gone, I haven't gone to the Walk of Fame Mm -hmm. unless there was, like, one person that I desperately needed to get an autograph from. Like, I have the majority of the African-American actors who have appeared in Star Trek. I have the majority of them. Right. And so I've been waiting for people like Sonequa Martin-Green. Like, she came. She
0: is incredibly nice and she is, oh my so, God, she is so
1: beautiful in person. Oh, my yes. God. And and I told her, I was like, look, you know, you're, like, one of the few people I have left that I need to get. And mm. she's like, really? I said, yeah. She's like, you have Nichelle Nichols? I said, yes. I have almost everybody. And she's like, oh, my God, that is awesome. So she she's autographed the, the picture for me and everything. But it was only like five or six people in her line. And it was like the largest line uh, that at the moment. And like Anthony Rapp, there was no one there. But you I think also health. because
0: when we went, it was kind of early, because it we got early. there early. It was like 10 something. And I don't think, you know, uh, it, I think no. that was what, I, Sunday? Was that su- yeah. that, was Saturday. that was Saturday. That was the parade see, morning.
1: But Hanukkah, <laughs> I have gone to plenty of drink Con's where depending on who's in the Walk of Fame, it does not matter. Yeah. It no, Saturday
0: morning was really light.
1: But Saturday morning was incredibly light. Like was. I was walking around like, this is weird. This is really weird. Because even after the parade, it was like, still, is is the parade over? Because it was the same size crowd. Like, did anyone go to the parade? It it, it was just really weird. Okay. And they had that feeling. They
2: had it at a weird time for me, because for me, it would have been six o'clock in the morning. And of course, for once in my life, I slept through my alarm. So when I got, I know right of all the times. So when I got up, the, the parade was over, and I made breakfast. So the first panel that I saw Saturday was Star Trek Discovery. Oh. And she and you're right. I mean that the Anthony wrapped the Tilly, the whole thing. They even had um, uh, the girl from Battlestar Galactica, uh, uh, Rika Shima Landry. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I mean, that panel was amazing because the way that they shot it, you could see their faces, you could see expressions, and you're right. Uh, Sonia Martin-Green, gorgeous. I mean, I'm sitting, I was telling Martin, go, I want her hair. Her hair was gorgeous. I mean... She she can pull
0: off any kind of hairstyle. I've seen her with... The natural hair on The Walking Dead. I've seen her with the long braids with the short. She can rock them all.
2: And she could rock that color because that's a hard color to pull off. It
0: is for some and people. She, she looked good. She
2: good. Yeah, she did.
0: She yeah. did. And she was just so friendly, like consistently smiling. And you know, sometimes when you walk through the Walk of Fame and people are there or not. Uh, don't have anybody in their line at, at the moment, or they're just kind of taking a break. You can kind of see them. Mm-hmm. It's like their their personality kind of I won't say it shuts down, but they're kind of like, "Ooh, okay, I get a break. Like I don't have to do all this smiling." I, you know, they can kind of take a moment to collect themselves. And most of the celebrities that I saw that whole weekend, every time I walked past, whether they had somebody in line or not. They were smiling. They were pointing at cosplayers. Everybody looked like they were having a really, really good time. And I enjoy that because sometimes, you know, you do hear your your horror stories about certain people at conventions and how they seem like they don't want to be around the fans or they're tired and it comes across in the way that they Mm -hmm. interact with people. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I didn't see a lot of that this year. Mm -hmm. It It was genuinely pleasant and everybody looked like they were having a great time.
1: Real quick, Eddie McClintock has more fun than anyone at any convention. I told you this already. I told you this already. He was acting a fool on Twitter
2: all day Saturday and all day Sunday.
1: He was acting a fool Saturday morning. He was Uh acting a fool Friday night. I mean, he is like we left when we left him Friday. Well, I didn't go to his table, but I saw him over there cutting up. He was the next morning. So he was still cutting up. It's like, dude, did you even go on? <laughs> I told you
0: guys that he is silly and I love it. You know, there was that whole, that whole thing with him in the photo op line doing, you know, all the single Eddie's to Beyonce's all the single, I'm telling you, he is a fool, but I love those kinds of people when yeah. it comes to cons, you know, um, the boys, I took a photo op with Tomer, Laz and Karen from the boys. and. I was the second person in line. And the first person who came up, first of all, the photo ops, big shout out to Epic Photos because they are amazing. You know, you go in, they have a very, very organized system. You go in, you take your photos, you pick up your stuff, you go through the line. And literally most of the time, once you walk out of that line, your photo is being printed and ready for you, which is so different from who we had before, which I'm not going to name, but we used to sit there and wait for hours for our photo ops and photo ops would get stolen and that sort of thing. Like they don't do that. You pick up your photo ops, they make you. They, 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 for- they scan your QR code from your order and then there's a barcode on the side of the picture because they print out like an extra millimeter. They scan it to make sure that you have your picture is almost flawless.
2: I think that's the same company that they had at Heroes and Villains a few years ago here in San Jose because it was, because the one that I'm not going to name it. I know who you're talking about, because they make you come back the next day to get your photos, which is crappy. But it was awesome because I'm, I'm looking at the various people posting on Twitter, Facebook, looking at you guys, I'm jealous of the boys' photo. But it was so cool because I got the sense that nobody had a problem Going through their lines, and no one had a problem with their tickets. No, you know, getting in line because sometimes those systems again, I'm referencing heroes and villains that got a little chaotic and it got to the point where my uh, comic book store owner had a mini meltdown because he had like 15 different tickets for 15 different photos and he literally couldn't figure out what line he needed because they kept changing the board. Oh, yeah. But from what I, you guys. Uh, dragon con it looked like it was flawless and i'm sitting there i'm jealous yeah
0: it was it was great
2: it was great so like i said
0: i'm the second person in line and the person in front of me when she gets up there they have a plexiglass barrier so you can't like you can't touch the celebrities and that sort of thing which of course is sad it sucks but it's covid so i'm glad that they were taking those kind of precautions but when she gets up front They all, you know, when we walked in the room, first of all, all three of them, they were like, hey, the party's here. Again, that energy is what I love. And then they asked her, they were like, okay, so how do you want to do this? Do you want to do a silly pose? Want to do, you know, just a regular pose? She said, well, would you guys mind if we just like all threw up the middle finger? And they were like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. So that's how they take their picture. And then when I come up, they're like, what do you want to do? I was like, well, I, I kind of sort of want to do that. Yeah, yeah, come on. So that's how we took our picture. All of us had the middle fingers up. And if you look at my photo, which I will post when I post this on the website, you can see their personalities in these photos. Like they all are similar to their characters on the show, which is great because it was so much, again, so much fun. So, yeah did you do any other uh, photo ops Anthony or was it just soquel Martin green that you were focused on it,
1: it was it was just it was just the queen. it was just her yeah so it I wanted to
0: do um the selfie with her at her booth and they also had the plexiglass barriers at their mm-hmm. booths but you still had the opportunity to do like a selfie some of them um, they would do videos for you and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, you can do the selfie with your mask off. But for her booth, uh, the handler said, no, you have to keep your mask on. And I'm just, if I'm going to pay that much for a picture, I don't want a mask in my picture. So I just right. didn't do it. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, yeah. like I said, there will be other conventions that she may be at and where maybe, yeah, maybe,
1: maybe post-COVID. Yeah, be
0: yeah. so that's yeah. what, I, that's yeah. what, what that I'm holding better on better
1: to. So. And some of them would do the selfies, like you took one with Frenchie, Mm-hmm. and he was behind this place last but like of course eddie mcclintock came from behind his yeah there so were a
0: couple of them that did and there the-
1: were some that would come yeah they came yeah. from behind it
0: and i mean it, it's cool either way it goes because we are in the middle of a pandemic i know a lot of people i think the numbers the official DragonCon numbers they said 90 percent of the people who attended were vaccinated was it 90 percent mm-hmm. i think i think so so yeah they probably felt a little bit more comfortable which is cool
1: okay so i know we're just, we're going to talk about DragonCon, but let's talk about like when we were registering and they wanted to make sure that you had your vaccine card or covid negative test mm-hmm. and there were two guys in front of us who had neither one and yeah. it was interesting to see them say well you know you can't register if you don't have these things. So you are like, what are you talking about? And they explained, they were trying to explain to them, we have announced a while ago that you, right. you have, and there's signs, they have signs. If you don't have this, you can't do Right. This. And they also offered on-site rapid testing for $30. I think it was, they say you get the results in 15 minutes. Oh, oh. And, and so they were like, well, you guys are going to have to do that if you really want to go. So they took them over to where the testing was. But it was just amazing. I think everyone in front, everybody that I saw, except for those two people, had vaccination cards. Right. And I thought that was, I was like, okay, this, I, I feel pretty good about this. Yeah, thing. yeah.
2: Did you see anyone getting the vaccination? Because they also said they were offering vaccinations on site. They were.
1: Uh, they were? They were? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know mm-hmm. that. I didn't know that. Yep. I just saw the signs for the testing. I didn't see the signs for the vaccine.
0: Yep, they did. On-site vaccinations as well. Yeah, you know... <laughs> I understand some people don't like the mask mandate for whatever reason. I understand that there are people who don't want to get the vaccine or can't get the vaccine for whatever reason, but Dragon Con made those announcements probably about a month in advance that, okay, this is what we're gonna do. We are gonna have a mask mandate. Everybody has to be masked. Everybody has to either have their vaccination or, you know, proof of vaccination, or they have to have a negative COVID test within 72 hours of coming to the con. I don't think those are unreasonable Unreasonable. to ask for in the midst of a pandemic, you know? And I mean, for the people who are complaining, I mean, like I said, I I get it, I understand, but I'm glad that Dragon Con made that a priority to keep all of us safer. And that for the most part, everyone that I saw had their masks. I mean, even the costumes had masks. Like you have the inflatable T-Rexes walking around and the T-Rexes have masks. And then you can see <laughs> the, the people inside the suit. They have masks as well. So I, you know, the, the question came up, did I feel safe at the convention? I really did. Even in the panel mm-hmm. rooms, they um, they kept attendance at two thirds full and there were a couple of panels, um, our, my Falcon in the Winter Soldier panel um, comes to the top of my mind, where pretty much every seat was taken, but the seats were even spaced out a little bit. And you know pe- they allowed people to stand in the back who wanted to stand in the back. So I felt very safe. And after every single panel, instead of letting people come in and sit to wait for the next panel, they cleared the room every single time. They cleaned all of the mics had coverings. Um, I think I heard someone call them uh, mic condoms. Mike but, <laughs> but they, I mean, they did a really, really good job of keeping things clean and sanitized and making us feel safe. I felt very safe, so that was a good thing too.
1: Yeah, I did too. Um, there was one time though, not now that I didn't feel safe in the high fantasy track. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call them the high fantasy track had the panel for the will of time trailer and the capacity of the room is 125 and it was 125 okay and like every chair was few okay and the chairs were not spaced out ah, panel. okay
2: well, listen, so, they did something different for the dune panel because kevin g anderson not only did they have it full like anthony was saying with his panel they actually had to do the panel twice to get everyone accommodated okay so they did back-to-back panels
1: yeah see so they uh they didn't do that for this.
0: That would be kind of hard because they, the way they schedule the panels, unless they did it during one of the clothes for cleaning <laughs> panels. That's that's something else we'll talk about later. But
2: well, he he said that what they did is that they they walked them in, they walked them out, and I guess that the people that they had that were for the second panel, I guess they had them sort of in like a holding area, and I think they did clean in between. So if you really really Want to go to the Dune panel. You really want to see Kevin J. Harrison. Basically, you had to cool your heels for an hour and a half. And they did it, which I thought was interesting. Because as much as I love Dune, I don't think I would have done that. And I love Dune. Yeah,
0: that's not an unusual thing for Dragon Con. People will actually sit in a line and, as much as they can, camp out before a, a particular panel. We don't get that very often. But yeah, so I, I guess, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Okay, so I guess we've talked about, like, the serious stuff, talked about the mass and social distancing and all that. So, okay, let's get to the fun. Dragon Con. So, Anthony and I both attended Thursday through Sunday. I think Thursday, though, you guys were only there to pick up your badge. You didn't, did you walk around any or go to any panels on Thursday?
1: We picked up our badges and we just walked around for a little bit because um, we ended up waiting, like, an hour and a half. Okay, it was yeah, almost an hour and a half, hour forty-five minutes. So the panels we wanted to go to were over. Okay. Or about almost done. So we ended up just walking around looking at costumes and just counting scouting everything out. Okay.
0: Okay. And then uh Lori did the virtual membership. So she did the streaming membership. So she was able to watch panels all weekend and she kept us updated on which panels she was interested. So Lori, did you find that the virtual experience this year was better than last year? Because I know you said you had issues with the way it was last year. It wasn't that
2: great. Do you think they improved on it this year? Uh, I have joy and I have sadness. Okay. First of all, Thursday was a crap shoot because Thursday they were showing the regular stuff that they'd show that I didn't like. Okay, You know, weird people, the steampunk people, you know, stuff like that. Okay. Friday, I get up. Friday, I'm like, oh, okay. For a minute, I first of all they asked me for a code. And I'm like, what code? I emailed them and they actually got back to me within an hour saying, Well, we don't use the code. We don't know what this log on here, use this. I was able to log on. And thank God I did because I got to do something that I never got to do before in any of the cons. I got to go to a small panel. Oh, okay. I thought was awesome. Tom Welling, uh, Sam Whitaker, Laura Vanderport. Okay. They were on, and I'm sitting there just stunned because Friday was my day off. I was like, oh, and I got to see, I missed like five minutes of it. I saw the entire Smallville panel. They did another one on Saturday, but they didn't stream it. Um, I did about two hours later on Friday, they had a Shazam panel. It was basically Zachary Levi and the kid that's in the movie, mm-hmm. and it was all Zachary Levi. That was cool. Uh was gonna watch some other stuff, got busy. Saturday, oh, Saturday. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I also saw the boys panel on Friday. Too. I heard that one it was, was really wild. Oh, it was crazy. Now, the one oh, I went to on Sunday was wild, but I heard
0: Friday kind of set the tone for the whole weekend.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, it had The Girl Plays Queen, Maeve, Queen uh-huh. uh It Train, mm-hmm. uh, Laza uh Frenchie, and uh the girl. Karen Fukara. Yes, mm-hmm. and it was insane. These people, you could tell that they had such a good time. I mean, they were, it was so much fun. Saturday, and I told Mark, was the best con experience in my life. I got to go to the panels all day long in my pajamas, drinking coffee, <laughs> eating whatever I wanted. And it was just like, I mean, the first one was Star Trek Discovery. Well, no, I'm sorry, back up. I, I saw half of William Shatner. Oh, and I've seen him before. So I saw the William Shatner panel. So you got more of
0: William Shatner than I ever have because I always look at his lines and I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Well, no, I that, got I'm a, no. I mean, a Star in, Trek fan, and that's a hard no. <laughs> I, <laughs>
2: I got in one time, the first you know, second year that we went to the local Star Trek con, and he showed up on a Saturday. And we saw him and got an autograph and, and photo. So I had seen him before. Okay. But this one was kind of cool because he usually is pimping whatever he's doing. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, then the second panel that, we, that I saw was Star Trek Discovery and it had uh, Sequoia Martin-Green, uh, it had uh, May Wiseman, uh, Anthony Rapp, uh, Sh- Rekashima, and it had some guy that I just don't know who he was. But it was a wonderful panel. Then
1: let's see. Then I saw. I I have a funny thing, though. Um, Lori had sent us a message message saying, oh, this is great. I get to watch panels in my pajamas drinking coffee. And I said, well, you could do that here, live. And (laughs) And,
2: no no one (laughs) one
1: would bat an eye. You know what? I actually believe
2: you. Because I saw, like I said, I don't like the in-between stuff when they don't do the panels and that they show the weird stuff. Like if I see Gina Edgley one more time at Dragon Con, I'm going to scream. Because every time they have like a promo, she was from Farscape, they always show doing some weird stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think. So Discovery, uh, Shatner, I saw John Scalzi, who's a pretty famous science fiction writer. His panel was boring. Saw a little bit of the 100 panel. Trying to think what else did I see? I'd have to go back and and look at my list, but I had now Sunday. I just checked in just to see what was going on because I I was like kind of I I was tired. But honestly, this was the best experience that I think I have ever had going to a convention and not having to go to a convention. (laughs) I mean, it was once they got the whole video streaming set up and it was working. And once, and here's the other problem. I could not find the schedule to save my life. I looked everywhere and I don't think they actually had a streaming schedule published until uh, mid-Friday because I couldn't find it until uh, Friday afternoon. Okay. And I finally found it. But it was something that if I don't go to another con for a minute, um, I'm actually very, very happy because it was something that I never thought that I was er there okay yeah I saw Star Trek Discovery uh I saw the Mandalorian panel John Scalzi and the 100 plus Shatner and the boys Zachary Levi and I saw Smallville okay
0: so you got some pretty good use out of your streaming membership oh yeah that ten dollars was worth the money good and then you get to you get to keep it for you know you still get to stream for what three months after
2: Yes, because they had several rebroadcasts on Sunday, like they had a, uh, a Batwoman uh, panel, okay. which I thought was interesting. But see, here's the problem that I have, as great as it was, they really, other than Friday and Saturday, Sunday, basically, unless you were on the fan track, they didn't really have anybody. And Monday was all rebroadcast except for the masquerade, everything on Monday was a rebroadcast. Now, I don't mind that. It's just that if you're gonna give us these panels, they had they had it set up fan track, uh, main live, main line with captions because I'm only the captions. My thing is, is that I wish that they would have had it set up a little bit more because I was looking for you. Okay, okay. I couldn't find any of your panels. Okay, yeah, because okay. I don't think any of my panels were streamed
0: except for the virtual Outlander panel that I did, right. that I pre-recorded, right. um, I think that one streamed at oddly enough ten o'clock on Sunday morning, which was the same time as the actual Outlander panel that I was sitting on right. at Dragon Con. So yeah, but the good thing yeah, is so that, most of those right. panels um, that are recorded, you can find them on YouTube, or you can find them on the Discord right. server, or you can find them on the um, the various tracks Facebook pages. So And and I think next year, this year was the first time I actually tried to like take equipment and record because Anthony and I had this big grand plan that, oh, we're going to, we're probably going to podcast some while we're there at the convention. Yeah, no. Um, I carried that equipment with me (laughs) on Friday and I was like, absolutely not. I cannot do this. So unless (laughs) I bring a wagon with me, which I probably would do. Um, yeah, it was just, it was too much. So now that I know what I want to do and I can kind of, I kind of had a chance to explore, okay, so if I were to do this, how would this work? Like I did have two panels recorded, you know, I I recorded Anthony's panel because we got to do that for a change. And then the very first panel that I did, the supernatural panel, my friend Aurelis recorded for me. So now I know okay so this is what I need to do as far as recording this is the equipment I'll need to bring and that sort of thing so we'll kind of do a little bit better next year but we got to record Anthony's panel and Anthony sat on his very first panel this year for Project Power it was on Sunday night and uh, he did a really, really great job.
1: Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, like I told you, it was like doing a podcast with people you don't really know.
0: It and was, with a live audience.
1: With a live yeah. audience. And it was, it was, it was good. And, and I actually, yeah, I look forward to doing more. Now I want to do more. I
2: started to watch it. I saved it for later. But for what I did see, it looked pretty cool. Yeah. it really did and you sounded great
1: yeah I, I want to do more and I told Hanukkah I was like how do you not get lost in thought once you start talking <laughs> because it happened to me like once or twice it's like wait wait what was the question again? <laughs> yeah you actually <laughs> did that at one point you were like um I'm sorry what was the
0: question
1: <laughs> what was the question and I didn't really feel too bad because I have seen it happen before mm-hmm. <laughs> to other panelists at other times I know it happens it's just how do you keep that from happening? So I don't know. I'm interested in doing it more. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yep.
0: Um, Just got to pay attention to when they the, put those calls out for panelists or yeah. in those interest polls where they're like, okay, hey, who are you? What kind of things do you like? Do you watch these shows? And they They really do pull people from those questionnaires. So yeah, you got to do it next year. Got to. We got we to gotta try to figure out a got way to, to get Mike there. Yeah got to yeah and then maybe in 2025 we can get lori to come down (laughs) that's the year i was
2: told we're traveling
0: yep that's why i said 2025 (laughs) so you have plenty of time to practice get your stamina up so that we can all do this as a group that would be so much fun um the other video that we recorded was my first panel of the weekend i ended up doing nine so no excuse me i ended up doing eight total I got pulled from one because there were too many people and then the one on Monday I just couldn't get to because when I tell y'all I couldn't walk on Monday morning I was like no absolutely cannot but um so Thursday night first panel that I was on was for the Urban Fantasy track there the track that covers Supernatural we had a Supernatural battle of the early seasons where basically everyone had a season uh season one through five And we had to talk about what makes that season better than the other early seasons. So everybody had their season. They gave their arguments. We had a little bit of audience participation. Mm -hmm. Now, by the time they got to me, the panel was almost done. Like the time was very quick. So I didn't have a lot of time to present everything the way that I wanted to, but I presented well enough that when it came down to the audience votes, I had the most audience votes. So Yay. I was the winner. So that was cool. You know, like they said, we don't get anything but bragging rights, but I will take those bragging rights and I will run them for the entire year until they decide to do this again. And I can defend my title, <laughs> but that, but it was a lot of fun because, you know, going back and re-watching season five, which is the season I had to defend, you know, going back and re-watching it to prep, There were a lot of things that I forgot about. And then there were a lot of things that made me like so nostalgic. Remembering Joe and Ellen's deaths, Bobby being paralyzed, Crowley's introduction, the best character intro in TV ever when death is introduced. There was a lot to remember. And I was like, oh, I feel so nostalgic. I want to rewatch the series. Like I have the time to do that with everything else that we're watching and we want to watch and want to... But yeah, it was, it was good. And then I did panels this weekend on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I will say now was probably one of the best panels I have done in my 10 years at Dragon look, Pond look, look, paneling. Huh,
1: okay, Hanako, I've been going since 2000 and I have been to hundreds of panels and I've been to a lot of your panels. That was probably one of the best panels I have ever seen it was amazing it was amazing and you actually were in two of the most moving panels i've ever been to that panel and then the she who must not be named panel
0: oh the they yeah Um, they who must not be named yes
1: they who must not be named panel those those were two of the most moving, most powerful panels I've ever witnessed. Thank you. They were really, really good. Thank
0: you. I mean, those were two really important ones because every, I mean, everybody who's listening knows of my love of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the show, my love for Bucky and Sam. So we got to talk a lot about those characters. We had great panelists. We had great audience contribution to the discussion. I mean, it was It was phenomenal. I I really enjoyed myself on that panel and the They Who Must Not Be Named panel that was presented by the YA Lit track. And it started out as She Who Must Not Be Named because the YA Lit track, Harry Potter, is one of the more popular fandoms that they discuss on that track. And of course, we all know or mostly know about Joe Rowling's anti-trans stance and how it has negatively affected a huge portion of our Harry Potter fandom. So that was the original intent of the panel to just kind of give people a way to voice their frustration, their hurt, their opinions. And then from what I understand, they didn't wanna just single her out because we didn't want it to become a hate bashing thing. That was the one thing we did not want to do. We just basically wanted it to be a safe space for people to come in and talk about their opinions because some people are on the side of, okay, you have to throw the whole fandom away. And then some people are like, no, we can divorce the fandom from the author and still find a way to support our LGBT plus brothers and sisters. So that was what we ended up doing. And, you know, we talked about a couple of other authors, but uh, JKR was most of the focus for that panel, but it was very moving because we did have a trans panelist, Tracy, who talked a lot about her story and how those sentiments impacted her and she shared a lot of her journey with us. And um, yeah, like I said, it, it was a very moving panel. And I'm glad I got to do this. Like, you know, I, I love talking about the fan stuff, but being able to talk about something that has implications in real life, that was something different for me. And it was very powerful. It was very moving. I did get a little emotional on the panel, but um, but yeah, that was a great panel as well.
1: I think one of the things that I've always taken from going to Dragon Con, the reason why the majority of us are drawn to it is that it, it allows not only for us to connect with each other, but it shows you that there are other people who are like you, who connect to that material. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we are drawn to these fandoms for a reason. Yeah, it's fun and all, and, and we have a lot of fun with it, but on a personal level, it's like we really connect with it. Mm-hmm. Like we relate to these characters. We relate to these situations. They become a part of us. Right. And I think that's one of the most powerful things about going to Dragon Con for me is is this being around people who feel the same way I do. Right. Who have these same experiences, feel the same way about these things that I do too. Mm-hmm which you don't normally, sometimes we don't get in our daily lives. Right. right? You know I mean?
0: And then not only that, but having an outlet to where even if you have disagreements or if you don't think the same, you have a healthy forum where you can voice those opinions. And for the most part, now I'm not going to say this is like all across the board because you do have some people who um, who take it a step further, but being able to sit in a panel with someone that you don't agree with And voicing those opinions and having people listen to those opinions with respect, even though I may not agree with you, I can still respect the fact that you have the right to feel this way, as long as it's not something that's like hateful or harmful to someone else. You know, I I do appreciate that aspect of the convention as well.
1: We went back into something serious again. That's okay. (laughs) It was a good serious though. (laughs) Oh, speaking of disagreements, that's another thing that I love about these panels. You can have disagreements. Like, I was at a Game of Thrones panel, and <laughs> we were talking about Jon's, yeah, Honey goes laughing because I told her this story. We, okay, everybody who has watched Game of Thrones knows Jon Snow. And it was a nailed it or failed it for, about Jon Snow, which I think is a great idea to do for a show for us but anyway um so this guy gets up and he says you know y'all are bashing Jon Snow y'all don't realize Jon Snow like he he did not love Egret. he didn't love Egret. he didn't love um Daenerys huh? he was using them he was manipulating them and everyone was like wait what wow it's okay you. wow okay it funny i
0: don't know what because show he was even, watching but obviously not, that dude was not watching game of thrones
1: right that's what one panel said did you watch the show <laughs> like, what are you talking about
0: how do you not say even even if you think that way with daenerys which is a long stretch
1: a long stretch but i can make it work
0: yeah but because it, you he, he might have been, been be able good. to turn that I doubt if he was able to but if you think about the fact that oh you just found out that this is your aunt okay you might be able to turn that off and be like okay you know what I can't think about you in that way but to say that he never loved the great whatever <laughs> what, like, ever. what was
1: he he was using her for what what so yeah oh. but that is the brilliant thing about Dragon Con and the and the fan panels, right you can have your opinion and we can totally disagree. Especially you know. if it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um oh the parenting panel that you were on was also very good too.
0: I thought that super was interesting.
1: Panel. That was really good.
2: Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, so we had a we had a super parenting panel where we talked about the parenting styles of superheroes and whether or not those styles were to their children's benefits. And mostly this is uh superhero parents and either regular children or super, you know, powered children. And that mm-hmm. was also a very interesting discussion, especially <laughs> so one of the panelists, I think, what was it, Anthony? I think I brought up Nolan or something, something having to do with invincible because that came up a light, that came a bit. up
1: a lot i'm oh,
0: sure it did like we talked about invincible we talked a little bit about homelander and the boys we talked about superman and lois
1: a little bit about oliver queen
0: yeah talked about Oliver Queen and Barry and, you know, oh, yes. Iris <laughs> Allen. So we, we talked Batman. a little bit about that. of course, that.
1: Bruce Wayne. Yes, of course. You know, how those DC parents are. You know?
0: Of course. <laughs> but we focused a lot on Invincible and Invincible. a little bit of the boys and Homelander and how he was brought up and then what he tried to do with Ryan. And what was it that the guy said? Because I think I said Homelander was something like he was the worst parent or something. I don't know it was a little bit more nuanced than that because I realized Homelander could have turned out differently had he been raised differently. And I think that was kind of sort of what we were talking about. And he said something about what Homelander
2: wasn't a bad parent. Yeah. 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 Where are you finding these people? Seriously? (laughs) Did they not screen these people before you got on the panel? Well, since
1: you brought that up, (laughs) that has always sort of been the risk you take with fan panels that you run the risk of having Mm. one or two people up there or one person up there who don't really know the material they're just up there because yeah they watch the show you know but they don't really know
0: yeah Mm. i have found that issue sometimes with some of the moderators (laughs) so it's just kind of like okay do you even know the show do you know like Mm -hmm. so I'm not one of those types of fans like you have your fans who are fans of the show fans of the actors, and they go to sometimes the extreme in their fandom meaning like I couldn't tell you Jensen Ackles birthday off the top of my head like that's not important to me in that sense.
1: But there are people that can tell you his birthday, they can tell you his sign, they can they tell you when he was born, born, they can tell you his
2: yes. favorite
1: food, they can right. tell you how much he weighs. they can tell you right. what he needs for breakfast. You yeah. have that end.
0: You know, if that's the kind of fan you want to be, that's fine. I'm not knocking that, but that's just not me because I'm I feel that, like I'm at some point person. you have to separate the actor from the character. And the actor, I feel like, you know, deserves a modicum of privacy, like just because they're in entertainment, that doesn't mean that I need to be privy to every single detail of their life. Now, whatever they want to share with us, like on social media, that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm all over that stuff. But, you know, I've heard of instances where, and I'm not going to name him, but I've had conversations with someone from the supernatural cast where people have found his home address and just showed up at his house you know and this is a man who you know has a family so that kind of thing Mm. I have a problem with but I feel like if you're going to be the person moderating a panel or you're going to be in that kind of capacity you should at least be maybe overly familiar with the material that's being covered because one of the things that kind of irked me and I can't remember who the moderator was and I'm not knocking anybody's skills it's just certain things that kind of irk me a little bit I went to a Walking Dead panel and the panelists that were there were Juliana Harkavy and she's better known for being Dinah Drake in Arrow But she was on a few episodes in the earlier seasons of The Walking Dead. Ross Marquand was there. Seth Gilliam was there and Nadia Hilker. But so they were the ones on the panel. And one of the first questions the moderator asked, he asked them about being on the show. And then he was like, oh, wait, are you even still on the show?
2: Who the fuck? What? You have these people on your panel and you don't even know if they're still on the show or not? That actually happens a lot more yeah. than you think, because when we were at San Diego, we went to the last loss panel, mm. Hall H. You could just imagine how it was to be in that room. Right. And somebody asked, Jorge Garcia, so you're still on the show, right? And he literally just mouth dropped open. But was it a moderator that asked our fan? Because they had had, they had they had two moderators, one on either end, and the moderator on the end was one of these people that used to be on G four, but he was an idiot. I'm not gonna say which one, but he was. (laughs) I think he was trying to be funny, but it didn't come across that way. Gotcha. oh Yeah,
1: that's an issue that Mm -hmm. does come up in mega panels, right? In like the fan panel, um. We went to a panel, this this didn't happen this year, but it happened a couple of years ago. We went to a fan panel for The Tale, and the moderator was a cis white guy oh, who was geez. probably in his mid-40s. And I'm going to be honest, one of the panelists looked over there and said, "Like, why are you even moderating? Because he even had a moment where he misgendered someone in the audience and he kept saying, I think he kept saying, ma'am, or I S-I can't remember what he was doing, but even after he was told that he was doing it wrong, he continued to do it wrong. And then he apologized later. And like I said, Wonder Penance was like, why are you even moderating this? <laughs> it's, it's like, really? he's like, he's the one white guy up there with four other women, you know, talking hey. about Handmaid's Tale. Hey, right. Handmaid's Tale, right. Which, how did you become the moderator? Which, Which was crazy. But yeah. this time during, I think it was another... Was your handmade Tale panel where two of the panelists were men, but they were men who watched the show okay and and they brought a different perspective to it that's different because one of them was yeah. a writer one of them was an author, so it was it was sort of okay but the other, the other situation no it, some, it doesn't work
0: yeah that's the one good thing I did see about the fan panels that I went to they were a little bit more diverse than I've seen in previous years. Now, I think there are some panels and some shows that probably could have done with a little bit more just to give a different perspective. But for the most part, I I didn't have any complaints about panelists and moderators like I said just that one little thing like you said Lori maybe he also meant that in jest because Mm -hmm. again um Juliana her character died like back in season. I want to say season three maybe four Mm. but for you to say that to members that are actually still on the show I just I don't know if he meant it to be funny. It just, it, it like you said, it didn't come across that way. But for me, that's kind of major. It's almost like people who write articles, and we've talked about this before, people who write articles for like fan websites or that right. sort of thing. And when you read the article, you clearly know who's actually a fan or who's familiar with the work and who's not.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, because, yeah, I, and I admit that I, I've i sort of had to do that because I used to write for uh, a blog years ago and I got by the stack DVDs of Power Rangers, which was fine. I love Power Rangers, but I also had to review like four Cheetah Girl movies because mm-hmm. they gave them to me for free. So you had to review them and I was not the biggest fan of Cheetah Girls. But my, my so they kind of came off. But my thing is, is that, I would rather, I'm just throwing this out here. I would rather have someone like uh, Yvette Nicole uh, Brown. Yes. Who is a professional geek who knows what she's doing to host a panel like she's done in the past at mm-hmm. uh, Comic-Con. And she's done a few Walking Deads and a few other places too. She mm-hmm. even had that little cute little uh, reality show of the cosplayers. I would rather have someone of her caliber who comes in clean, who knows what their job is, does the homework because you're getting a check attached to it and be a good clean moderator versus say joe from my comic book shop who just happened to be the cousin of the guy who was the the head guy of programming at a con <laughs> yeah okay. I'm yeah. and you get a lot of that in genre cons you get a lot of that in star trek cons you get a lot of that in dr who cons and you get a lot of that in star wars uh cons. well celebrations the only star wars con but you get a lot of that because you you wind up getting people who either love it or hate it, or they might be in the middle, but I find that if you give the moderators a financial incentive, they have a tendency to be a much better moderator and much, much cleaner and fair, and they provide a much better experience than a random person.
0: Yeah, I got you. Yeah, so overall, the panels were great. The boys panel, I went to the one on Sunday so literally the warning as we were coming in the room was this is no holes barred you may hear some stuff that you don't want to hear parents if you brought your children to this panel shame on you (laughs) but you may want to leave because there's going to be some stuff talked about that you may not want your child to be privy to like right off the bat, Laz Alonzo was like, okay, let's get the elephant out the room. Let's talk about the love sausage. (laughs) So he talked about love sausage. He talked about how he found out that that scene was going down because apparently in the beginning, he was not going to have to wrestle the huge giant penis. It was just him making a comment about it. And then later on, when the script changed, he said that Carl Urban came into the dressing room or into the makeup room and he was like, So are you ready for your big scene? And he gave, he said, he gave me this Billy Butcher look. And it was like, What are you talking about? Because everybody knows Carl Urban is kind of legendary for doing pranks on right. set. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> he really thought that this was a prank. And then he says, Frenchie <laughs> walks in and he's like, Uh, Yeah, you're going to fight the love sausage today. I'm not even going to try to imitate his French accent, but Laz does a pretty good job of it. And then Karen comes in. She's like, oh yeah, that's today. And so he finally gets one of the uh, PAs to bring him a new copy of the script because he says he doesn't read all of the revisions because he's like, okay, I'll read the first copy and then whatever the final revision is so he doesn't read the ones with all the changes he says Frenchie and Karen read everything and I thought it was so cute that they still called Tomer uh Frenchie even in the you know in the con but um he says so when he read the script he was like motherfucker why do I have to fight the huge penis (laughs) and um that that scene is still like hilariously funny but yeah so you know, they talked about their different things. Like, I think one of the questions that was asked was what is your worst day filming on set? Like they did that one too. What would constitute a worst day? So, um, Jesse Usher talked about how he hates feet and anything to do with feet and toes. And so season (laughs) one, when he had to have his toes sucked, he was (laughs) like, that was the worst day of my life Ever and last talked about how he hates being dirty. So filming the scene where they're inside the whale well and having to do multiple takes of that was disgusting for him. Um, Karen talked about how uh, Kamiko is barefoot a lot, and so she she doesn't like that. But yeah, it, that panel was a lot of fun.
2: Now, now did Karen talk about the fact that when she was going to, she had just auditioned and she was on the plane and she was actually reading the comic book and she got to the uh, heroism part where she was like, "Oh my God!" and she had to shut her laptop down because there was kids (laughs) singing. she goes i don't think i should be seeing this on the plate i swear. did not
0: um oddly enough hero gasm did not come up in our panel really? I was gonna, yeah it did not because they they skirted around some of the stuff that might happen for season three but they were very vague like they didn't want to give anything away like um the moderator asked he said okay i'm gonna ask this question because i'm surprised it hasn't come up yet but he asked he said well you know he said I know you can't give away certain things about season three but you guys have some new faces joining for season three and in particular one new face and of course you have the supernatural fans and you know yeah I was one of them but you know talking about Jensen so Karen said one of the she said I can't really say anything about Jensen as Soldier Boy because literally anything I say would be spoilery but, right. they, but all of them talked about just how nice he is and how his energy and what he brings to the set and to the character is great. And Laz Alonzo was like, from the moment he steps onto the screen, like he's owning it. He was like, I can't wait for you guys to see what he's doing with Soldier Boy. He said, And that motherfucker can play backgammon. So apparently they play backgammon a lot in between scenes. That's what they talked about in the panel that I saw. Yeah.
2: yeah, that's their thing. Yeah. And
0: they said that um when Jensen first came to set, you know, they all have like different backgammon boards. And he played all of them and quote unquote lost. And last said. He, he went and told Karen, he was like, I think something's wrong with this motherfucker. Like, I don't, I I think he's playing possum. He said, yep. He came back and whooped all of us. And he whoops all of us in backgammon on a regular basis. (laughs) So just hearing those little uh, tidbits was, was fun because of course I love Jensen. I love the boys. I'm uber excited about the fact he's going to be in the new season. So just hearing those little things is a lot of fun found out that Ross Marquand has been coming to Dragon Con in costume as an attendee for like the last 5 or 6 years.
2: Oh, that's funny. I did have this to tell you. I started listening to the audiobook today of Monster Hunter International Bloodlines and guess what? The first two chapters of the book, they're at a certain convention on Labor Day weekend in Atlanta fighting vampires.
1: <laughs> he
2: put Dragon Con in the book. That is awesome. I'm sitting on what wait, what do you mean? You're at the Hilton Hotel.
0: (laughs) That is awesome. But since we're talking about since you mentioned vampires, that's a good segue into the next part of Dragon Con, the cosplay.
2: Oh, they had some awesome cosplay. I I, the 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 ones and I can't go specific because I saw too many, but the ones that incorporate the mask beautifully. Mm-hmm. into their costuming was probably the coolest thing I've ever seen
0: they did they, yeah a great job like yeah. I don't have that kind of talent and I don't have that kind of patience but they all looked great and I tell you I knew we were going to get a lot of Loki variants but oh <laughs> my goodness
1: no no, no. The, the great thing is I knew we were going to get a lot I just <laughs> didn't know where to get that many
0: oh like, my god it's like everywhere you turn there was a Loki variant
1: Every other person was a Loki variant. It was crazy. Somebody was
0: crazy. even had a, um, I think it was a, probably originally a BB-8, but they painted it green and gold, and it was a Loki variant, too.
2: <laughs> oh, that was awesome. I saw that one. There that
1: were, was awesome. There were several people walking around with stuffed alligators hanging off their arms. <laughs> it was great.
0: There was one guy, we were leaving on Friday, and he was the alligator Loki, but he had a kiddie pool around his waist so he had cut a, a hole in the middle of the kiddie pool and he put it down around his waist so he was gator loki when he went up to grab um boastful loki when they oh. were arguing he jumped out of that I
1: the fact that the marriott staff were wearing tva shirts
0: they wore TVA shirts, wore the, TVA whole shirts I saw the whole that, that weekend. That was so that funny. Was, yeah. That was funny. Amazing. It's cool because the Marriott served as the location for the TVA. So that was really cool. When I walked in, I thought I was like, oh, like
1: said, even yeah, the hotel, hotel was, was The hotel staff was cosplaying as TVA. Cosplaying,
0: yes. And then the Hilton, I didn't spend a lot of time in the Hyatt, but the Hilton always does a theme for dragon con and this year they were stranger things so you go around to the back hallway and there's the um there's the board where joyce painted the alphabet on the wall with the christmas lights to try to communicate with will that board was behind one of the couches in you know the atrium they actually had a full-sized i think it had to have been like maybe eight feet demigorgon Mm -hmm. um in the lobby oh
1: really Um,
0: the sign there was one sign hanging off of one of the banisters that says stranger things you know and it was like uh the hilton welcomes dragon con and then over on the other side there was another banner and they had um it was supposed to be the mall so they had it decorated like the mall yeah they i will say this i love that the hotels participate you know because Dragon Con for somebody working in the service industry, especially the hotel industry, that's Mm got to be hard. Mm, especially with the way people are with the rooms. Like Mm -hmm. you have some people who are crammed in there, like six, seven people to a room, but it's because they know that they're not really going to be in there all at the same time. So, you know, there's a lot of mess. You have some people who brought like 11 or 12 cosplays for a five day weekend. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's got to be a lot, but just the fact that they participate and they try to have a little fun with it. I love that.
2: Well, as someone whose husband has made a point of making his cosplay also wearable clothing, because he tends to cosplay stuff like Nick Fury with the bat, with the eye patch and stuff like that. Right. So he brings his trench coat, it can double for you know, costume and stuff like that. I, I find that if you bring more than two to three costumes, you're really pushing it because the luggage and just getting changed I mean we we came in one year with our Star Trek uniforms and it was it was too much we wound up changing halfway through and went back into jeans because we were like it's too hot it's too bulky but the the Nick Fury he has the eye patch on red has the coat he went like almost 24 hours wearing that damn thing
0: yeah (laughs) it's it's a bit much for me
2: well now did you see the guys uh what was it the you talked about it earlier i think it was anthony the inflatable dinosaurs because it was like late at night they said that uh someone tweeted there was no more skippy bikinis or revealing clothes this is all they're left with it was all the people in the inflatable dinosaur costumes with their mask on yes they had a parade parade. yeah that's what so so many yeah and
0: the the bad thing is my cousin and i veronica we had gone to get something to drink this was right before anthony's panel. My phone was almost dead, so I left my phone downstairs with him so that I could charge it so I could video his panel. As we're standing in the line, I see one T-Rex go by, I see another T-Rex go by, I see a Marriott carpet T-Rex go by. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Then you just start seeing them. You have the people who have the, like, there's an inflatable costume where it looks like you're riding on top of a dinosaur so the the dinosaur is inflatable and then you like have your legs you know it's it's almost like you're you're wearing the costume like pants but you see several of them go by there was a darth vader t-rex that went by with his lights i mean and literally we're watching this and i'm like why do i not have my camera because there
2: had to have been like 30 (laughs) of them oh you in the parade? oh mark mark would have taken every photo at least twice i mean oh he lives for that sort of thing i love watching them when they do the parades
0: like that because i think my
2: the parades and
0: maybe my first year my second year walking around the convention and all of a sudden i see these people in like camouflage or military uniforms and they are walking around like they are on a mission and it was stargate people Well, and then I've so, done one year see, where it was the Starship yeah. Troopers.
1: The, one year there was like thirty or forty Iron Man different versions. Yes, I think um, I saw
0: that. And you get that and a lot with Deadpool too. Like I, I still yeah, there they're, weren't they're as many. Yeah, there weren't as many this year, but there were still yeah. quite a few Deadpool's. And I don't think I saw the same Deadpool twice.
1: Now the the the, the biggest one I remember was. After the 300 came out,
0: oh yeah, and all those guys
1: that. all those guys they were, there had to be a hundred of them.
0: You have never seen as many six packs that be. in that year.
1: You remember that it had to be over a hundred of them. Oh my God
2: I remember that year because we saw the photos and then the very next year, they the the Star Wars people, Came back at them, and remember, they had every single clone uh, stormtrooper. They had the red ones. They had the they had all of them lined up in front. You remember yeah. that? They so yeah. that was their word way of getting back a three hundred. And I just thought that was hysterical. That's when I knew that I may not go all the time but at least once i want to go dragon con just to see you that. have to it was great because yeah that yeah, but- year that they did the 300 like all of those 300 they
0: also mm-hmm. had a lot of spartan queens mm-hmm. with it, with the um with you know with the- yeah. So, right yeah, yeah i just
1: <sighs> but the 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 whole cosplay thing I, I think the amount of time and effort and craftsmanship that goes into these costuming you know whether you're a person that spent the whole year doing it or the last five years making the perfect suit of armor. Right. I I, I commend all those people. I, I really do. love it. Even even those who just go and buy a Harry Potter robe and show up in the robe with the wand. I think I, props.
0: Here's the funny thing, though. As much as we walked around all five hotels, because I literally went to all five hotels this year. I usually don't because just walking to the Sheraton, walking to the West, and that just takes so much time and effort. <laughs> and I I just usually don't do it. Like I'll see that a panel that I want to go to is in the West. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing it. But I went to all five hotels this year. I went to panels and it amazes me that as many pictures as I take, and you guys know, I usually take hundreds of pictures I don't think I took as many this year because what I've started doing is if I see costumes that I've seen before like Mm -hmm. the same person a lot a lot of times the same person will come as the same thing every year and I get that but I don't need to take the picture every single year of the same cosplay but it amazes me that I can take hundreds of pictures and I'll come home and I'll look at one of my friend's pictures and I'm like there's 30 cosplays in their photos that I did not see Mm. whatsoever. And even now going through the Dragon Con group on Facebook and looking at the pictures, I'm like, how did I miss that? Mm. How did I miss that? What, where was that? It blows my mind.
2: Yeah, because the first day you, I think you posted 68 pictures and I was going through them, Mm. you know, looking at them. And, And the thing is like, wow, she really zeroed in on some really good stuff, but at the same time I'm going, this feels a little light. It's only 68 pictures. <laughs> I'm
0: going to tell you two things about that. So one, usually when it comes to buying cell phones, I usually just go with whatever is cheap.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: This year for my birthday, I had some extra money and I splurged. I said, I'm treating myself. So I got myself a Samsung S21 Galaxy 5G. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So it takes really, really good pictures. Like I can get a close-up of the moon and it looks like I'm standing in front of it. Oh. I specifically wanted to get a good picture so that I would have a decent camera for Dragon See, Con.
1: okay. I don't blame you. I, I think I told you this before. From 2001 to about 2007, I maybe had have, have taken thousands of pictures at Dragon Con because mm-hmm. I had this um, really nice camera that Michelle used to take professional you know she used to be professional okay yeah and mm-hmm. I would fill up the memory card I took thousands of pictures we would just stand in the mm-hmm. Marriott and just you could get everyone coming through the Marriott
0: exactly a,
1: everybody in, in the marquee level People would just go down there and pose. You go up to the atrium, get people that you miss who didn't come down, you know, who only still on the lobby level. If you could go up to the Hilton right. and you can stand in the Hilton and people go into the lobby area. I had thousands of pictures and then I stopped because like I, I, it's, it's so many. And then I realized I was taking the same costumes over and over again. Same mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. over and over again. And then you, you would start seeing the same themes and similar costumes. And eventually, I just, I said, I'm only going to take pictures of those that I just think are just absolutely fabulous. You know, like this one year, mm-hmm. this um, everyone knows about the carpet that they pulled out of the Marriott. So now we have the pattern. Yes. There was a, a girl who had body painted herself the carpet, like she was- body- Really? yes. And I have a picture of it somewhere. Really? That's what I look for. Things are just That has to be really meticulous. Completely insane. And you know, it, it's starting to get, you know, less and less to now to the point where I just watch the um, the contest. And I figure I see the really good ones in the contest. So okay, I don't take yeah, pictures. Yeah. yeah, the costume contest. But I don't I don't take pictures anymore of costumes. I just yeah. don't I just look at your pictures. just to get yours yeah
0: I know that's the same thing uh one of my best friends Shanta, does she's like she says every time she goes and people are like why didn't you take pictures she was like um best friend handle it
1: (laughs) yeah like at work they're like you didn't take any pictures no because let me let me pull up Hanukkah's Facebook page and I'll show you oh yeah yeah these are the costumes yeah
2: yeah yeah. see you guys don't have to worry because when we get there Mark has several things of professional camera stuff he will take pictures for you people (laughs) yeah trust me (laughs) yeah the other thing was because i was in
0: so many panels this year i wasn't out as much like i did i did the one panel on thursday i did one i did three panels on friday i did two panels on saturday i did two panels
2: on sunday And, and and my husband had a question for you uh, actually it was a two part one why and two can she still walk because i told him about the 10 panels he was like why that's too
1: <laughs> that's nothing. any that's opportunity
0: nothing. that you are going to give me to talk about the things that i love <laughs> i will take it no, he was no, blown no. away because he's, he's like who does 10 panels and i'm sitting there i oh, know. Tell-
1: no 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 tell him <laughs> there was the guy that was with me on my panel
0: mm-hmm. who is the track director for the american sci-fi classics track mm-hmm. yes what did he 20, tell me anthony 28 that is his record for one weekend
1: 28 <laughs> she'll be back 20, 28.
0: she said she'll be back she'll yeah be
1: back. Uh, but yeah I, and that's that's the other thing is with the app They allow you, you know, you can go in there, you can schedule your day out. Because you remember back in the day when we had to have the paper, the paper booklet, we had to use a schedule. So it's like you you can make it where you don't have time to stand around and take pictures because you got to get to the next panel. And if you got to go from the Sheridan to the Weston, you don't have time to stop and take pictures.
0: Exactly, (laughs) because you're trying to get to where you need to go. But yeah, Lori Gary said that in one weekend he did 28 panels because when i told him because i was making a joke when we got there right and um the moderator he was like well we got room for one more you want to come up i was like no nope, no nope. i said i think i'm all paneled out right now and so gary asked me he said so how many have you done this weekend i said i've done nine i've got one more schedule he was like oh that's lightweight you need to get your numbers up i was like what do you mean he said, I think this particular Dragon Con weekend he had done, I think he said maybe 14 or 17 yeah, panels. I
1: think it's 16 or 17.
0: So. Yeah. Something like that. He said, but my record is 28. I said in one weekend, he was like, yeah. yeah.
1: I
2: was just told that this man has no life. I said, when do you have time to do anything I else? I was just told that this man obviously has no life and still lives with his mother. His words, not mine. <laughs> uh, I, I, you yeah. know, I I, mean, I, I, okay. Here's my thing. I think that if I could be on between two to four, maybe five panels for the entire weekend, I would be good because for me, as much as I like going to panels, I also like going to the vendor's room and I also like going out and you know having nice meals and taking an hour away to go back to my room and to just recharge. I think that unless it's something that it's really, because you know, I I like sitting in panels all day until say about two o'clock and then leaving and going to have lunch and then coming back maybe somewhere in the afternoon. Because for us, when we go to panels, celebration is particularly of note, our hotel was right across from the convention center and thank God it was, because in other words, we wouldn't have made it. We left our, our hotel room every day about 6 o'clock in the morning, because if you didn't get in line by 7 o'clock, you wouldn't have gotten into celebration by 10, okay? No, so we already we, spent three hours trying to get inside.
1: When 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 I was going by myself on, on the five-day pass, I am in a panel every hour, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. entire time. I might remember to eat, Mm. <laughs> I yeah. might have oh, to stop. Oh. It. Yeah. And I was there's like that at first too. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what my backpack is for. It has all my food. In yeah, it. see, I,
2: yeah, but see, I have to I be with 40. other people
1: like Conoco or my wife to be like, okay, you need to feed me, because otherwise, I'm gonna keep going.
2: Yeah, and I do that sometimes. 30, but and the snack push- backpack sort of went by the wayside because once i hit my now mark's five years older than me so i was 40 he was 45 and he turned to me one day when i handed him another fig newton he was like no i do not want another fig newton i don't want the, these little these little rich crackers i want actual food and he got up and he walked out and he goes he turns and he says very dramatically are you coming with me so at that point <laughs> it's like you want to stay married? We
0: we kind of had this routine where you know a lot of times, yes, if, if we're going back to back to back, there are sometimes then I may go six, seven hours without eating. Like I may eat breakfast on the way in, and that's yep, just because yep, yep. there's this one uh restaurant, Cafe Momo, that is a buffet place, and we've we've been talking about it like for years, but this is usually where we go for breakfast, lunch, and or dinner sometimes. Sometimes we'll go there for all three meals, sometimes we'll go for breakfast and go somewhere else for um lunch or dinner. There are times when I've not eaten three full meals while I'm there, but you know, like you said, as mm-hmm. you get older, especially because I have diabetes, I yeah. have to eat. Other than that, I'm going to be passed out on the floor and that's not going to be fun for anybody because that means I have to go home and then I'm going to be pissed because I'm missing Dragon Con because I didn't think to take yeah, care of I, myself. I, I, yeah, So we do that. I did try to do some snacks, like tried to bring like bottled cokes with me because I you know as much as I'm trying to lay off the cokes I just realized I have to have them for drag con it's just kind of a thing but I don't necessarily want to pay four and a half five dollars for a bottle so I try to bring
2: my own and like I said by Saturday I was like yeah no mm -mm, whatever yeah that's the other yeah that's the other hidden cost because I don't know how it is in Atlanta but in San Jose area the the water and the cokes are six seven eight nine dollars and that's just no.
0: Yeah, see, for us, they're
1: three, four for Dragon
0: Con prices. Yeah, they're usually like $4 yeah. on average, but you can go and buy a Coke in the store for like, you know, a, a, a dollar seventy nine or something
2: like that. So yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a um, that's price where up, that's where free son is your best friend. But see, the best thing I I I put in Mark's lunch now, and his sister made a joke and said, "I bet it tastes like a napkin." I found that, now neither one of us are diabetic, but he does you know with his glaucoma, have to watch certain things. I found the best thing that you could possibly find for someone. I found low sugar, low calorie. 35 calories per bottle, Gatorade. Yeah, see, I don't like the taste of Gatorade. And, and that <laughs> works really well because for, for you know, whatever we do. But see, here's the thing. I was told by a few family members that unless there is a Mimi's Cafe within walking distance, we're not going on vacation or a con or any place because that's where we go, right? Mimi's Cafe, because they have... Carbs like no one's business. They have the gluten. They have they have everything. So for Mark, (laughs) so for Mark, he's like the last time we went to a Star Trek convention. The only restaurant of note besides the hotel was Benihanas, and we went to the Benihanas, and it was the most ghetto Benihanas I think we've ever been in. In fact, we walked in, we walked right out. It was just scary. But his thing is, is that like when you go to now we've tried to go to Emerald City for a few years, we haven't been it. But when you go to CODs. And this is part of the planning thing. I plan out ahead of time scenarios. Okay, if I get this for breakfast, if he gets this for breakfast, I budget because the thing that I learned with Disney is to have a budget for each day. You also need to have a food budget. You also need to have an impulse budget. And the biggest thing that I blow money on isn't water. It isn't toys. It isn't t-shirts. It is wipes and hand sanitizer. I found myself... At every convention I've gone to before the pandemic, going across the street to Walgreens, CVS, Longs, Rite Aid, and buying hand sanitizer because I ran out.
0: Yeah, I that kind yep. of stuff I, I bring with me. Mm-hmm. I make sure I'm prepared. But as far as like food, one of the things that I've just started doing like in the last few years, because a lot of times most of the people that I hang out with during con, they're people that I don't get mm-hmm. to see very often. And, you know, what do you do when you get together with somebody for that you haven't seen for a long time? You go out to eat. So that's pretty much what I do. So like during Dragon Con, I've just gotten to the point where I don't sit there and I don't count mm-hmm. calories mm-hmm. or I don't, you know, I say, okay, I know I'm not supposed to have this, but it's just one weekend and I'm going to walk off the effects of whatever it is anyway. So for Dragon Con, I'm kind of like, there'll be times that I might just get a breakfast mm-hmm. bar for breakfast, but then I may... I may spend $20 in sushi later on right, that yeah, day or yeah, something yeah. like that. So, yeah. you know, but I mean, there's so many choices because the right in the middle of where everything is, is Peachtree Center and it's a mall. So they have a food court.
2: There's lots of eating choices and
0: everything. So, yeah.
2: I had a question. Uh, I was reading my book and I told you about DragonCon. Is there an actual, let me get, let me get it right. Is there an actual street called Peachtree Central Avenue Northeast Sounds or familiar. Northwest? Peachtree Center Avenue, yes. that's yes. what it is. Mm-hmm. And I was I was going to ask you guys because I was like, is that a real street? That is
0: actually where I started on the badge line when I went to go pick up my badge uh, on Thursday.
2: Okay, and I've never seen a lot
0: even even before they streamlined the registration process a few years ago i've never been in the line as long as i was on thursday but i know it was because they were checking everyone's vaccination cars or-
2: vaccination so- okay because when oh, you threw that line never, in there i was
1: like ah you, you've never gone on a saturday morning no <laughs> because, because they, i've
0: always bought week. i've always back. bought yeah. full weekend passes yeah, yeah. yeah. no
1: yeah no, no but back, no. back then the lines could go all the way around the building and then back up the street Yeah. Well, that's what it did.
0: That's what it did this year. When I um, so the way that the line usually goes, it starts on the right side of the Sheraton, and then it may snake snake around to the back, snake around to the side of the building. That's the longest I've ever done. Like I've done three sides of the hotel.
1: No, no, no. This year, it it, it started actually started in the front, in front of the building. No, 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 no.
0: So let me tell you. Let me tell you. The line, when I got there, I walked over to the side of the building to see, I was like, okay, so I need to walk around, walk to the back of the Sheraton, walk up the side. Oh, the line is in the front of the building. Okay. So that was the first time I'd ever seen it in front of the building. Then I noticed all the people coming and they're like, oh no, this is not the end of the line. You have to go to the Peachtree Center. So I literally had to go up one block mm-hmm. and in front of the building where Joystick Gaming was, that was where i started so i had to go back halfway up the block peachtree center avenue and then you come down international and then you go across the front of the sheraton then down the side then across the back then up the other side and then into the building
1: then into the building yeah.
0: that took me an hour and 10 minutes then i had a whole, oh, that was, that was an easy then one. i had a whole nother hour wait once I got inside we'll see this is the reason why I'm saying this because in the last few years dragon con streamlined their registration process so for the last four or five years I could literally walk been in been the like side that. of the building fill out my form take it to them yep. boom I'm in out 10 15 minutes tops so having we, to stand in line for two and a half hours to get into the convention, that's something I haven't done since my early days of being a Dragon Con attendee.
1: Since the early yeah. days, yeah. I think the first time I took Michelle on a Saturday morning, we got there because I was like, we got to go early since we're getting a one-day pass. Right. We got there maybe 8, 15, 8, 30. And we weren't mm. out of there until like 11.45. Wow. Almost. Wow. And See? The, line, the line was absolutely like... They didn't wind it up the street, they doubled it back. Okay. So, yeah, we, see, we were, yeah. we were double back around the building. It was crazy. Mm. But, it, but it hasn't been like that for a while. Yeah.
2: I, I've heard about past Dragon Cons be, like that because uh, San Diego, now, celebration, the thing that cracked me up is that we were all there for celebration. We all had our passes and stuff. We actually walked in. Uh, We got there on Tuesday, we walked in on Wednesday afternoon after going to Disney, and they gave us our tickets, we were in and out in two minutes, but when we lined up for the first day. But see, here's the thing. Uh, The one day passes on celebration were so bad that the people who were in line on Saturday morning when we left the convention on Saturday afternoon to leave and go back to our hotel, At 2 o'clock, we're still in line. See, that is when you have a problem. Because I think that the people who sell these tickets, A, they need a cap. B, they need to have a better ticket system. Because if I'm going to spend hard-earned money on getting a ticket, you should have express lines. To get people through because why are people buying tickets if i'm at new york comic-con or if i'm at celebration or if i'm at gallifrey one or if i'm at any convention i think that i would actually leave and go home if i'm stuck more than two to three hours just trying to get in the door the first time to me that's useless i mean am I wrong guys or yeah no no, that that's something
0: that has been in discussions at least amongst the fans for quite a while like I know that people have said okay well if I prepay for a badge why can't you mail my badge to the house and I know that a lot of what they do in regards to the badge and that's the pickup is for anti-theft purposes because you've had issues in the past where People have stolen badges out of mailboxes or they've taken the badges and mm. copied them that to the true. point where they're almost exactly right so. well
2: yeah yeah but yeah, yeah
0: and they, they you need s- to have a better yeah. process you know again this is the first year that they've asked for vaccination cards and proof of the negative test. So it was a bit of a learning curve. So I would assume that next year, if we have to go through this same thing again, the process will probably not take as long next year.
2: Well, let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you both this. Okay. So you got your whole ticket issue. You got your old panel. You got your old contact overall, besides the COVID stuff was the crowd anxious happy or happy just to be there same thing with the guests were the guests more oh my god I've left my house after 18 months I'm actually here seeing people or was it the hi I'm on this show and sign this and I can get money because I I'm curious because I've seen I, I'm okay with preference Laura Vanderpreen who I love she was on Small she did a few different things she did a bit in this net whatever she seemed like she was giddy to be there and she did TikTok, which is not what she does, but she did one. And she was there with Michael Rosenbaum. And Michael, of course, you know, his podcast, inside of You. He saw this thing. And they were with Tom Welling. And I noticed that those two were more comfortable because they had dipped their toe. But Laura, who's been stuck in Canada all this time, was like, stick my toe in, stick my toe back. She was there, but you could see that she was sort of giddy because this is money.
1: The energy was definitely different. And I think the energy, okay. to me, it felt like everyone was just excited to be to
0: be back. To be outside. To
1: be back. Yes. Right, basically. Just to be right. Yeah. Back.
2: That's that's what I'm asking. Yeah, yes.
1: it, I think even the celebrities. Yeah, the yeah, guests, right, right. Everybody yeah. just seemed to be excited to be there, to be, you know, to be out, to see right. people they haven't seen in a couple of years, right. you know, to be able to just be amongst other people because so many people. of us have right. been virtual doing a lot of things. Right. So few of us have actually been out doing things with amongst other people that it just seemed like the energy was, was just, it was just, we're just happy to be out.
0: Yeah, at, at I months. agree. Yeah. Even, yeah, even some of the panels I went to, a lot of the sentiment was, welcome back to Dragon Con. We are so glad to see you. We've missed you. We've missed, That's, you. Yeah, yeah, we've missed seeing everyone. Celebrities were on panels and they were like, hey, you know, I'm so glad to be back here to see the fans because this is what we do it for, you know, and you, you have a lot of the celebrities who are very personable, like everybody that I talked to this weekend and had one-on-one conversations, Tomer Capon, Karen Fukuhara, Laz Alonzo, Saniqua Martin-Green, Ross Marquand, Seth Gilliam, Well, not so much, Seth. I didn't really talk to him as much. I did talk to Ross Marquand a little bit. Bonnie Wright, uh, Jenny Weasley from (laughs) the Harry Potter films. And then there was a voice actor for Overwatch that her name escapes me right now. But my son wanted her autograph so i talked to her for a little bit tyler hecklin i got Mm -hmm. his autograph for my daughter in new york right so all of them i had at least a five minute conversation and for a lot of people they're like five minutes that's it but when you're in a convention other people standing in line waiting right the fact that they're taking the time Mm -hmm. to talk to you while they're signing and like they're not rushing you out of the way That actually does mean a lot because it means that they're interested in their fans. They're talking to their fans like all of them asked me about my name because, of course, I have a Japanese name. I'm a I'm a black chick, you know, for the most part. So people, they ask me about my name, Karen, because she's also Japanese. She asked about where my mom was from and we talked a little bit about that. Um, I asked several of them about their Dragon Con experiences so far because for a lot of them, it was their first Dragon Con and like for Tamera, it was his first convention ever.
2: So, and he said that the panel too is really excited. Yeah,
0: so, you know, like I said, they were yeah. excited. They had conversations and, you know, that you had some people who may have had a more personal story mm-hmm. that they shared with them and they really took the time to sit there and I heard somebody behind me go why are they talking so long I'm like because they miss their fans you know or because they want to connect with fans I didn't have a problem with I was like I'll stay here all day
1: you know I I used to be conscious of people behind me but like Mm -hmm. this time I was not I mean I was gonna (laughs) take as much time as I needed to speak to yeah, exactly. and I spoke to her exactly as long as I wanted to yeah you know, until until I was in it. she didn't she didn't rush me along. Her little handler didn't rush me along. Mm-hmm. and she took she asked me questions. I asked her questions. It, it was just fun to be back. Everyone yeah. was excited to be back.
2: Well, see, you know, this makes me happy because when we went to celebration a few years ago, we stood in line for two hours because Billy Dee had to go to lunch and he came back and we were so excited just it's Billy Dee it's Billy Dee and there was a couple in front of us and he says hey guys how you doing and he spent five minutes talking to them we got up there hand Mr. Williams your autograph he didn't say a word to us Mm. I was I was pissed Mark was upset yeah now I'm just gonna say when a black man is upset that means he had to leave the building He was like, we just paid how much to get an autograph from Billy Williams? And he never even said hi or thank you for coming? I can say I've never really had that
0: experience. Oh, we did. At any convention, I think maybe once or twice, probably my first year. There were a couple mm. of people who were a little bit of you
2: know an asshole. But other than that, I've had nothing but good experiences. On the other hand, we got a photo with John Berrman, and as we were leaving, he pulled Mark's Mark's ass. So <laughs> I, I fucking love John Berriman. But yeah, so overall well, there's
0: it's give or take, you know? Yeah. <laughs> overall, it was a really, really good. I I had an amazing time. I think. Had my legs been a little bit better, I probably would have gone yesterday, but then I would have been uber exhausted for work today. I think that's the one thing though. I, I feel like I need to take extra days just so I can recover and not yeah, go to work I because that. I was yeah. at work and it was cool, but one of my coworkers came in and was like, yeah, I saw you had a good time. And uh, as, actually, this co is Anthony's cousin. And he's like, Yeah. He was like, So, did you have a good time? And I start talking about, it. he was like, Hold up, focus. This is your work area. This is your computer. And he was just messing with me. But he was like, Yeah, you're going to start talking about. It. I was like, I, I had an amazing time. I, I had a really, really good time. So, I'm looking I wish it could have been there.
2: I wish it could. It sounds like you guys had so much fun. I mean, I had fun with my virtual con. And I have got a Ghostbusters Supernatural t-shirt. Thank you, Hanukkah. Yes. But but did you give me the fun call or no? No, because you
0: didn't ask for it. Mike did. At least I don't think so. I think- you- Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Never. Yeah. But also but, when I
2: went back the next day, like most of them were gone. <laughs> Well, you know, with Funko, you have to buy it the same. If you see the Funko, you buy the Funko because they will be like gone, like that. Well, so like, oh, I do that because you'll I think once
1: it. word once word got out, are you talking yes. about the, the yes. no, Star no, World? I was no, once I the, was the word got out, everyone's like, wait, what? They have that because I showed mine to a couple of people, and I think they yeah. went to get yeah. one. So once the word got out that they were available, yeah,
2: and, and Mark asked me about that too because Mark's like. They have Tichela. Can you get me what I was like? I did ask them because this was after you did the whole thing. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You know. So I said, we'll we'll get it later." You know. But no, Anthony's right because you know the thing is is that when you see a Funko, buy the Funko. Yeah, but the problem with Dragon
0: Con is you can see one Funko at a vendor booth for ten dollars, and then you say, "Okay, well, let me go check," and then another vendor will have the same one for twenty or right. 15 or down here. Or, so it was one right. of those
2: things where I was like, okay, well, let me just kind of shop around. <laughs> and, and, then, and, then you're, and then there's your husband who stares at the $950 Pink Ranger going, I think we can buy it. I'm like, no, you don't even like Power Rangers. Yeah. You at least get the Green Ranger if you're gonna buy one. <laughs> no, you guys had an awesome time. Uh, again, thank you for my t-shirt. Hanako got me a Ghostbusters inspired Supernatural t-shirt, which I cannot wait to wear. Yeah, it's just awesome. I picked up that shirt for myself as well.
0: I got a shirt with Carl Grimes on it, which I had never seen a Carl Grimes shirt like that. So I got that. Um, They had a lot of cool t-shirts. Some of them I couldn't, you know, they didn't have my size or they were sold out. I got a Daryl Dixon t-shirt. And I got two others that I can't think of off the top of my head, but yes. Yeah, so.
2: Now, was silent online there? Yeah. Do they have I don't even pay, I don't even two.
0: pay attention to the vendor names for the oh, most no. part. Right. I just, oh, okay. t-shirts. All there right. we go. Okay. So that, that's pretty
1: cool. I broke my vow not to get any Funko Pops, and I bought two.
0: Did. Ooh, Wait, you got thing?
1: two? I got Two, i got the t'challa star yeah. and the uh black panther
0: that's right you did oh, yes yeah. oh, so you did guys listened to our 100th episode podcast anthony basically because Lori, mike and i all collect funko's and even casey who wasn't on that show she collects funko's as well anthony was like i don't understand the obsession
2: <laughs> i'm never okay. gonna buy i'm
0: never gonna buy a funko
2: and he I bought one before i did <laughs> and and and, and i'm the lightweight on the bunch because i've only got like 80 of them
0: <laughs> oh yeah
2: that's okay welcome
0: to the dark side we have funko's
1: no i'm done i'm not getting any more <laughs> whatever I'm, I'm done whatever
0: actually i think <laughs> that's awesome. like my
1: theories um I'm, I'm no more theories no, no more, more theories Funko pop.
0: whatever okay yeah but um Yeah, like I said, overall, I had a great time. Um, You guys have any final thoughts about Dragon Con?
2: I had a great time watching the two of you just run around and living out my nerd geek dreams.
1: (laughs) Um, I'm ready for next year. Right, I'm I'm, I'm ready to go back. Right. i mean i'm ready i'm already ready to go back
0: yeah but i'm gonna go
1: back i know gotta go back
0: but i'm looking at some smaller cons too there's a conjuration coming up in november that's here in atlanta
1: i will be going to that Yep. i'm gonna go we
0: uh we submitted some panel ideas so hopefully we'll get to do that and um have some fun but yeah i i'm so ready for dragon con to be back Not, not quite like it doesn't have to come back very soon because I do need to give my body time to recuperate and I need to get in shape. So if anything, this last year that we took off for the pandemic, yes, I got extremely out of shape and I need to rectify that before next (laughs) year. DDP yoga. Yeah, probably we'll end up doing that as well too. But um, yeah, so um, that's it for our Dragon Con wrap up and hopefully we'll get to do it again next year. And if you guys are interested, the panels that we were able to record, they are on our YouTube page, which we don't promote a lot because I don't get to post there a lot, but you will find those panels there. Just go to YouTube and look for Fandom Hybrid Podcast. You can find those panels there. We will be posting this podcast on the website and just, you know, if you want to know more about dragon con you can go through the dragon con tab on the phantom hybrid podcast website and just learn a little bit more about our dragon con experiences but for now that is it for our show you can find us online at www.phantomhybrid.com we are on social media on facebook instagram and twitter at phantom hybrid you can listen to the phantom hybrid podcast on all major podcast streaming platforms thanks for listening we hope you join the conversation next time